Hey, hi everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Today, I have someone who I found perusing Twitter, and I really fell in love with his Twitter feed. Matteo Savelli is the CEO of Urania, this really cool B2B manufacturing company. Now, he's in a third-generation family business, but he took over this business unit within his family and turned it from a failing company into a thriving, profitable company. Now, what makes Matteo so interesting is... His combination of using lean methodology and creating sort of a lean transformation within the company, and then also his focus on what he calls creating people gardens, and he calls himself a people gardener. Uh, We'll get into that. It's really kind of cool. Combining of lean methodologies with then this sort of human-oriented people garden process. Just well worth kind of playing around and thinking about. I'll make sure we have his Twitter feed uh, and his Twitter handle down below in the notes. Listen to as he talks to about what a people garden is, about the different types of lean methodology, and what it means to be sort of in an organization that has been resistant to change and then bringing change in. All things that I think we can all learn and bring into. So, look, let's go talk with Matteo. Matteo, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am so happy to have you here. As I was just telling the audience, I've been loving your tweets, and yeah, you know, we were both in the ship thirty for thirty, and you progressed so far, and I kind of haven't. But the things you talk about and the things you're working on are so cool. So, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me to join the show. Also, because I am not an English native speaker, so I, I'm very happy to be here and to uh, go in public with this experience. So uh, let's talk together. Uh, let's see where our meeting goes. Well, your English is way, way better than my incredibly limited Italian, which is mostly hand gestures. And definitely um, my Spanish, given that I live in Spain and I'm horrible with it. But so thank you. You're involved with a couple of pretty interesting companies. You've grown. Where do you see yourself as an entrepreneur these days? So in my journey as, a, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a CEO, because today I feel more like the CEO of something that's not completely mine because I am the CEO in a eight-figure business. That's what we are discussing about. That's we crossed the $60 million barrier in 2021. We are on a journey to double the revenues in five years again. We tripled in the last six years. And, but I am administrating not my whole business because it's a, it's a business of my family. It's a family business where my grandfather in 1958 started a business selling uh, furnitures, then it is stepped to components for uh, modular building. So we, we produce uh, panels, sandwich panels, and windows and doors. Today, I, I stepped as the CEO of one of the two companies in, tw- in 2018. And I was here in, in, in this company to change the company culture to step from red to black because we were losing around 15% of our uh, so we have, we have a profit loss, of, profit loss of 50%. And so I created a new organization, a new culture. And, then, and I use the first person because it's, it's, it's all based on uh, what I believe. So I was, my unfair advantage is it's that I had the opportunity to test what I believe was better for the company culture. And today I am like making a crossover from this company to the parent company. And so I am more a CEO than an entrepreneur in my family business. I feel more like this, but I'm opening up to new opportunities, trying to 
work my why, that's to trigger talent to create a better world. I, I developed this idea of triggering, of, of the trigger for talent, because what I saw in, in the company is that everyone needed a trigger, something to activate what they believe and, and all the potential they have. And this idea is what I call the people garden. And so I am uh, investing in other projects right now. And I'm also trying to see if I can create something that it's based on this idea of helping people to create scaling companies, scaling up companies. So to invest in processes in the company to scale up, working on the autonomy of people. That's the main point in my, my journey. I like that. There's a lot of complexity in that as having run companies and you know when you're in 10, 20, even a little bit more, it's like, okay, yeah, we can work and we can build talent on that. But as you grow and you have a bigger one, the ability to kind of build a talent forward organization, employee first, there's you know all these great terms, I found incredibly complex and difficult and drove me a little crazy, um, which was probably one of the reasons I sold back in the day. I like your dedication to that because that is a very difficult but very worthwhile you know, focus. Before we kind of move on, I would love to, like when you say you invest in people to help them develop scaling up companies, are you investing in startups? Are you investing in existing companies? Are there things you look for? I would love to learn a little bit more about your thoughts there because- being able to help other people from with our capital, with our time, our focus is a great way to give back. How are you doing this as an investor? What's your process here? The main takeaway that I I suppose I had in my own my journey is that the less scalable role in a company is the CEO. Because what happened is is then uh, during the, the the pandemic, I met people. And I started to create projects together with people. So credibility that I, that I gained in my, in my family business helped me to create better networking. And people called me to participate in this project as the CEO or as an intended CEO of a new company emerging from the ideas. So I was there to scale up the ideas and to create a profitable business. What I saw is that it's not scalable. It was so hard to work on different companies as the main role, as the apex of the company, because you have to be involved every day in what happened. So I started to work more deliberately on people, to help people for delegation, for autonomy, and not only in managing the process, but to be aligned on the, on the company purpose. So when I mentioned investing, Today, it's more than I am, am entering in, pro, in projects where my experience helped projects to scale up, to go to profit. So I'm, I'm not talking about investing money today, but to invest in projects, time in projects, because I, I want to see if, it, if, if is there a possibility to scale up the CEO role so that I hope to be faster and faster time by time in delegating and in to break some of the rules of the chains that they see in the CEO of eight-figure business where you are not so big to claim people, to call people from outside and make people claim a role as, as a general manager, but you are bigger then when you started your journey before it figures so that the management team must evolve. And that's the worst experience. Help people to create a worst in time dedicated to this, uh, to help people to emerge and to create skills that are more adapt to the new way of doing business. I like that a lot. Given that you're kind of doing it, in helping, you know, in investing into people's opportunities here, what do you think has helped you the most on your journey now as a CEO, as this person who is able to help other people? What do you think has helped you the most? In 2019, when we 
started uh, the flywheel. It's, an, it's a complete concept that I heard from Jim Collins in, in Good to Great. That's a book that I suggest to everyone that, that's hearing this podcast because it's something that helped me a lot in, in this transformation. We stepped from a company culture that, that was made on, we will say, artisanalita. That's art, it's an artisan way of doing things. And the good part is tailor-made products and everything, but the, the, the bad part is that no efficiency on process and people not linked together. So it's like people were working. So we were at the time in this company, 70 people. It was like we were 70 different companies operating under the same roof. And I, I remember uh, a moment this journey. So we started with a lean transformation because we need to recover profit at the time. And I remember when we tried to work on the optimization of, of, the, of the workplace, we had workers from the company that we went there. We were looking to the different workplaces to find an optimization. And when we saw we approaching, he closed the desk with a key and said, that's mine. You can steal my job. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the company. We, we, we own the company, but we were not owning the engagement of the people. So in 2019, I asked a, a performance coach to help me to work better on people. And what emerged is that I was so focused on the results to get. I, I was a perfectionist at the time. So I understood the value of going slow to go faster than. So we slowed down with people. We tried to find people where people that wanted to participate in this process and we helped them to create a, a culture, company culture that's all aligned in this idea of autonomy. And the autonomy, again, it's on the solving of real problems more and more in time. What we see is that the more you invest time in problem solving, the biggest number of problems you, you notice. So tipping point is that when I started to see the value of not only evolving myself in this process and trying to solve all the problems, but creating a system to help people to be themselves, because this is the, the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge is to be themselves while aligning with the company. So I distilled what I find valuable in people. And I, it's like I, I starting to see better what are my deficiencies in, in, in the relationship with people and what I love the most in people. And then I, I started to help people to align in this, in this idea so that today the flywheel it's faster and faster day by day. I like the concept and I really, you know, I've jokingly said repeatedly that when my company got to about 30 people, I lost my mind. And I like that you looked to, you know, work on your ability to do that because, you know, I focused on growing faster and all that craziness and think in hindsight, you know, that's a much more sustainable method to kind of First, what led you to decide that that was going to have the biggest impact to lead to recovering the profitability? And then two, how did you decide on that coach that you did work with? We did the same. The first moment, we have to be structuring costs. We have to increase efficiency. But increase efficiency means that when we started, people were against us. Because someone was not used to control the, the time, because he's, he's a mini-me in the company, so it just makes stuff. We were the enemies in, in the start because, you know, so you're controlling us, you, you, you don't trust us, and what's not my intention? So working on developing leader helped us in the process. Why we started from there, it's hard to see the moment in time when we starting to understand 
the importance of this, but I have to change the verb person to high. When I started, because there in time, I was, it wasn't high. I was that with the one who's trying to make people think different on, you know, data information. And to, there is a Japanese concept that's, that's Genchi Genbutsu. Genchi Genbutsu, it's to, to take the spyglass and, and to go right one millimeters from the machine or from the problem and to see what's the real cause. And, and so we needed people to take decisions faster. And to take decisions faster, I need the company to not take a look at, uh, at information months after the moment where the, prob- the, the issue came out and to move. So we needed to, to make decision-making before. To make this, I need people to decide and to be autonomous in decisions. So this is the logic behind the idea of working in people, working working with people, it will be the only way to make profit again. I suppose that I have also some intuition there. And I don't know why I, I have this intuition, because it's intuition. So it's like making A plus B plus C all together help me to reach this decision. And so the second question is that why this performance coach, this performance coach to to join, it's because I see a lot of connection between the company where this coach work and what he suggested me to do. And the company has this idea of resonance that what convinced me is that Every company has one moment in time when the purpose changes. I was the right CEO for that moment of the company. But to be successful, I have to create a resonant system with my idea because it reduces a lot the friction of making a change when you have like a compass, like a true north, where to direction your all your direction at all your, your actions and to decide. So the decision were not made on numbers, but on principles. The concept of resonance and making sure that inflection, that we change, I mean, it all of a sudden it brings to like a symphony where the score is leading and then all of a sudden, boom, the performance of the music may change. It's still, you know, you're still in the same concert as this, but the type of focus, the type of effort, everything changes. And you as a CEO had to adapt and change with that to get continued pretty powerful, you know, way of thinking about it. I think I was more like, oh my God. So taking that step back and having that moment, I think is really interesting. And I've found good coaches over the years, but I've also talked with a lot that, you know, they may be very good coaches, but a lot of times they say things that are not resonating or it doesn't feel natural to what you're trying to do. And I think finding that right one that is recognizing your experience and lives what they're talking about, you know, the ones who actually have done things or, you know, have a history of living the way they express are very important. And I think that finding those types of coaches are difficult. So I like, you know, how that resonated with you, <laughs> you know, to steal your line. Coming then to, you know, then sort of looking at Something that maybe you you regret in this journey you've had or a mistake you felt you've made that you think those of us who are in our journey to kind of grow similarly, what do you think something that the audience could learn from, unfortunately, a mistake or regret you have? So I, I have three things that I have, I have to share. The, the first one, the last one that came to my mind is uh, that I learned the value of to be the dumbest in the room yeah while i was the smartest in the room so i jumped in this meeting room crowded of people 
and you have to do it like this. We have to make this. And people were staring at me, not convinced by my ideas. Yeah. And, and I understood after that it's, I saw a wider world. So I, I, I visited lots of customers, lots of different companies. So I was lucky about this. And I can't convince people to join my idea without a credible introduction. And, and so I, I learned the value to frequent also smartest people to understand that that's more or less the idea of this podcast. So you, you hear other great people there that you, that you invited. I, I, I listened to some of your interviews and you learn something and you can come back. And the, the second thing is to create small experiments. Go smaller. Don't try to solve all the, all, all the problems and don't try. I was so divergent that I was trying to, you know, I see a problem. Okay, let's solve this. Five minutes after, I see another problem. Let's solve this. So people don't know where to go. And so small experiments and to focus on the small experiments with what helps you to create a compounded interest in time. There's this concept that on Twitter, Twitter is lots of people talk about this, the 37 per concept. That's the 1% of improvement day every day led you to 37 per, so 37, 78% of improvement in a year or times uh, 1427 in two years. Okay. That's so important. So to the, the first one is to invest in networking before. The second one is to, uh, uh, to test your ideas faster with small experiments. And the third one, that's the harshest experience in all, in, 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 in all of these. Try to avoid innovators. Just a little context here. So I, when we started this, this journey, I, I read something about the, the innovator concept is that when you transform something, you have the 5% of people that are innovative. So people that, that will join you with enthusiasm from the very beginning, then there, there is a 5% of people that are against your idea. And the main core around 90% is there are the, the resistance, the res resistance. So people that resist to your idea. When we started, I see these four or five people that, that were the innovators, not the innovators in the idea of new projects, but on the idea, oh, okay, so ah, that's great. Let's do this. Let's do this. So you imagine I have the company against my ideas. And, and so, ah, so they are the one that I want to work with. But what happens after is that after we did part of the transformation, they became, it's like they rooted, they, they placed some roots in the new power they obtained. And so they became the new, the one that opposed to your ideas. And that's terrible because it's like I was so, uh, blind, blinded to to see people that were, you know, you are right. They're saying you are right. We deal with everything. This transformation. I was not confronting with the facts. Uh, so it's it's like I, I was party owner, and I, I was only listening to my to people that vote for me. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't happen in politics at all. <laughs> in the world in general. I could see that very much. I mean, and your phrasing of it is innovation, you know, innovators. Yeah. I'm, as someone who's been brought in as a, you know, fractional executive after I sold my company. Yeah. I, that time where you smart person say smart things and then watch you get paid and nothing ever happens. It's like, or people, you know, why would you, you know, yeah, it's that balance point to make sure, you know, the idea is not to be the smartest person in the room. The, idea is to have things improve incremental progress directionally correct yeah i had a coach that said that but it's the 1% daily you know all those things the you know it's what i like you know about like what you're doing so much going in a little into your communications your writings from previous to now is that same thing it's like it's a compounding effect you know being deliberate on our ability to impact you know, the businesses that since that's the, those are the tools that we choose to use 
but being deliberate and having that, okay, I will practice this improvement. I will practice becoming a better communicator, a better manager, people gardening. I just, I just love that phrase. Yeah, that is so impactful because it is this thing where it's not like, yes, we get so caught up on like, where's our metrics? Where's our number? But if you do it right over time, really it's this, <laughs> you know, up and down and up and down. And it's a bit of a roller coaster. But it's the direction. If it's going up and to the right, then things are kind of going right, even if it is bumpy. That's something to kind of think about. And I'm going to kind of breathe into that a bit. As you look forward, I know family businesses are important to you, obviously, since this is what it, you know, before I even ask about you, are you looking where the family business, you know, you have a three year old daughter, you have toddlers, you know, you have. Are you thinking about that next generation or even potentially beyond as part of you know your efforts? Where are you with thinking about that? Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine this right now. So you just mentioned direction. So that the direction in, in my parenting experience is Montessori method. Why autonomy? It's based on the idea of self uh, self-learning of, of the learner, but it's so hard. <laughs> It's so hard also, also because we have three years is the eldest. Then we have a uh, six months. They are two daughters and we have a dog also. That's the real eldest child. I don't want to pass over this, this question too fast, but it's hard to imagine right now also because we are in the passage between the second and third generation. That's so hard. And that's where around 70% of the Italian companies died. So so important this passage also because I am, as I mentioned before, I'm doing my experience also outside of the company and that's incredibly valuable to see. So I, I suggest every business owner foster the ability of your employees to create a side hustle. It's so valuable because you will get back people with more ideas, more proficiency, more product productivity also. Because they don't want to, you know, so today, eight, 10 hours. In Italy, we have this illness of working for 15 hours per day. It's better. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and, and, and that's why we are so productive in costs. Okay. But, you know, when you start to work on purpose, on, on goals and everything, and people thrive, and the side hustle, in my opinion, it's something, if I have to see through a weird goal for the next 10 years, that's to have, I don't know, 20%, 25% of my employees having a side hustle. It's so weird. We are today, we are 260. So not, not so few. <laughs> so I, I, I think that's, that's a great point. The, the evolution of the company today, it's, it's so hard to see the evolution after the third generations that the eldest it's three <laughs> stuffed animals and you know being cute and masquerading but this is the journey of time that cute little person will be a full-blown person and yeah it is an interesting thought process it's incredible that i see uh, there are that exists a lot of cbc's court-based courses may for children and teenagers to be the next generation CEO. It's incredible. And 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 I'd like to and like my 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 children someday to participate in, in this program that you know it, it makes it the networking effect of working with people from foreign foreign countries. So not only with Italian people, so not only with your small town environment that's really important because i i participated also in rite of passage of david burrell and he has this, this idea of geographical learning against the cbc way of learning where you are not more slave or in, in education about where you live but you can use internet to meet people from all over the world and to create person customized way of learning. 
I'm sorry if I, if I diverged a little bit from your question, but no, because look, I mentioned Mike Boyd earlier and his uh, business of family. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, he just started a community for that very specific thing for people who are beginning to set up for have earlier in the stage. So there are more established. I mean, I have a couple of friends who have come from larger families as someone who's still making my own. It is really funny that there are those courses, there are those programs, there are entire companies set up just to help that transition and support. But I think there's something to that given the value. All right. So I like that you are considering it, but it's difficult in its concept at this point for you because it should be. But all right, then maybe taking it step back, you've been focusing so much on helping your you know your family company re- improve profitability. You've changed, you've worked with coaches and stuff, and now you're looking externally so much. I've seen the work you've been doing, you know, on Twitter with ship thirty, th- you know, four thirty in trying to grow your base and the amount of people you're talking to. How do you go about defining success for yourself here? I already mentioned uh, the performance coach. And what the coaching helped me to, to develop is the, the idea of my why. My why I am here. But not the company in the world. <laughs> so, uh, but the first trigger in, in my uh, evolution as a, as a professional, it was when I, when I read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. These seven habits are for developing the idea of independency that was so important time for me because I was in the family business where I, where I am, the one outside of the, the one outside of the company trying to have new ideas, uh, but you have to, yeah, Talk with us in the next 20 years and, 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 and you, you will <laughs> capable to, to convince us with your ideas and dependency. So you also depend on other people. The success is not, not alone and to create interdependency. That's the value of being yourself, but needing people to be yourself. And so it's a, it's a virtuous. So one of these, these habits, it's to start from the, very last point of your life so is it's it's, it's your funeral mm-hmm. so i imagined uh what will happen in the lucky case of a long life okay so for example 80 years uh, so at 80 years looking back at what i did in my life with different perspectives so family a company friends and everything and so I learned that my, and it's incredible how, how it emerged. It's that this idea of triggering talents to create a better world. I can't find my own success without the idea of working in the activation of talents. It's like if someone is it's used to the electromagnetism, it's, it's, it's like the, the same concept. So I'd like to be a system someone who activate to trigger current in, in people and this current is capable to to let the hidden potential in people to emerge hidden talent in people to emerge because I, I I am sure everyone has a talent to to activate I'm sure of this because I saw in the, in the company people without any visible capability that became leaders and managers and and so it, it depends on, on the context and everything. So I have this, this idea of this triggering talent so that I started to work on also different projects. For example, uh, tomorrow I have a, a new project with an with a organization that helps talented people from, from the university to become business owners and entrepreneurs and everything. And so why I was there? I was there as a, as the CEO that led a company to the transformation, but tomorrow I will collaborate with other people to create, a, I, I will bring there the idea of creating a scalability in this process. That's something that university 
does not teach you. And to finish, I found so hard in these three, four years of transformation and a lot of trip from home to the company back and forth. It's uh, 60 miles more or less. Uh, so around 120 miles per day back and forth or sleeping outside a lot of this also of the, of, of the family and to manage the idea of my daughters growing up without me at home and the family and also there yeah i have this idea that helping my daughters to emerge as a surf learning and everything but i see that having for example i i am lucky to have my wife it's like it's, it's a safe port where i have where i have problems and everything she accepts me as a, in my home it's harder sometimes it's harder sometimes it's easier but it's a safe port where to uh, where to come back so i can't imagine a success in my journey without the idea of my family and and that's this is important i, I focus on this it's important because you know i have like three three or four lights that the fourth lights it's, it's it's the idea of soul and, and 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 religion and everything but on the idea of creating something that lasts for you the next generations but so i have this idea my why my family and the family business the family business it's it's another core point but we took a great decision when we married that's to live uh, separated from my family because it was so hard to manage the company and I was so when I started I was so so nearing so involved in the company that it's it was so hard to manage the new relationship you for example my mother is the financial director in, in the parent company so it's so hard to to work with my family as a family and as the business owner or as the chef and, and for example, <laughs> I, I have an anecdote. My uncle is the, the CEO of the parent company for the operation of the parent company. And so I can't call him uncle. I call him by name also outside of, of the... I, I, I don't know why. It's, it's so weird for me to appell him as, as my uncle. It's only his name. So it's so important for me to define a success in helping people to thrive, helping people to create scaling companies. That's what I learned more or less. And with autonomy, with purpose, and to maintain these three cores separated, but time by time be more resonant in the evolution of, of myself. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. And that's, I think that's, that's good. And definitely, you know, that balance you strive for, that is something very, very, all right, impressive. Thank you. We will put, obviously, I'm going to put your, you know, where should someone, if they want to learn more about what you're talking about, what you're thinking, what you're doing, where should they go? I have a new website that's the, my it's so hard for, a, for 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 someone that don't knows me to write all with the double t and double l yeah but it's matteocervelli.com that's more, more or less in english matteocervelli matteocervelli.com matteocervelli.com that's my website where i'm starting to publish some long forms and i want to develop the idea of the people garden that's something that we mentioned a bit the idea behind the people garden uh, so the main point is that the website but today i publish more on twitter so uh, and my dms are open so i'd like to converse a bit with people i also have a calendar to let people uh, be uh, autonomous uh, schedule a meeting but so twitter is the, the best place more than linkedin I, i'm also on linkedin and i share with you the uh, the, the handle of LinkedIn, it's, it's all Matteo Cervelli. It's everywhere, Matteo Cervelli. So my, but my preferred uh, way, uh, place where to discuss, it's Twitter. And about the People Garden, the People Garden is something that I, it emerged from the Ship 30 for 30 uh, challenge. And it's based on the idea of helping people to thrive, to create the scaling companies. Uh, so I, I'm repeating a bit, but uh, to work on systems to create exponential organization where 
time by time you repeat the process, it's more auto, it's more automatic. Some cases and better and uh, level up productivity. That's the same way that the economic systems works. So it's based on productivity. So more productive systems based on autonomous people. And the autonomy of people is based on resonance. And resonance is the way you are and the way the company is mixed together resonance with on a purpose. But then I think the companies today are years by years more involved in the idea of creating something that has a sense in life and that create a better world. When I published this idea on the Ship for 3430 community, I was so proud of the idea of people farming. I, was there, I, I placed a post and I said, I'm the people farmer. What do, what do you think about this, this idea? But I was so proud that I bought all the domains. So I have all the domains. I, I bought like five, six pe- pe- people farmer, people farmer and everything. And someone answered me, people farmer, reaper of souls. <laughs> so you, you make people grow and then you cut them off and the next one in line. So that's not my idea. And so it developed, it changed to gardening, okay, to gardening. And that's the care, care of helping, pruning. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny when you bring that up. This is something we've talked a lot about on the show with other guests is this concept of having a mission. I think for many of us, it comes across like, oh, what? We're supposed to do this? Uh, how? Or, you know, oh, have this mission. And it's like, it comes across as false. Yet, again and again, in talking with entrepreneurs or business owners, you know, leaders like yourself, I've seen that it has benefits to improving the overall growth of the company. And it is something that doesn't happen all at once. I think that's the positioning that so often people t- you know, think, oh, I have to create a mission statement and we have to go do this. And it's like, no, it's leaning in, that incremental, that piece by piece, that deliberate practice. It's like, okay, I want to make, I want to make people's reasons better. Okay, you didn't just go out there and, as you said, you were first the uh, people farmer and you were cutting off souls before you grew into the gardener. It's like you had to go through a little bit of a transition. It didn't all happen at once. It was an exploration and an effort to move into that. And I think that's something that is really important for people in business to understand. It doesn't happen all at once, but you know, it's not just, yes, it is about creating a better place for all of us that we all have different you know, concepts of that. I think it is this idea that by pushing into that experience, that thought process, things overall, you have to kind of be more deliberate and more considerate about so much more of your business. So yeah, I think that is really cool. I think that is a great concept the people gardener. We won't reap any souls. We will just grow the souls. We'll savor everyone's souls. I definitely, I think everyone should go check out. Mateo has some great content on people gardening. I didn't even know about the farmers. I'll have to go see if I can find those those descriptions. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed having you. I mean, this is your approach is very open and very warm. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great having you. Thanks. I, I, I suppose it's my Italian heritage. Uh, <laughs> but you know <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot because it helped me and also for your question about why you started to work on people more than on data and making things change more on people than on stuffs than on things it's something that helped me a lot to rethink on, on the process and so I, I enjoyed also so often we come, you know, I know from having gone through various inflection points up and down, brilliant at getting businesses to the seven figures and mid seven figures. And then I'm really good at, as they get to the upper seven figures, knocking them back down to the low, um, which isn't the good part. But is that like what changes to make, what things to focus on, what ways to generate more value, I think is a very difficult question we face as business leaders because one, everyone has a gazillion opinions. 
So, you know, you're inundated. Oh, do this, do X, do this, have blue color, have red color, you know, do this, all that. And it's like, okay, just listening to everything takes up so much energy. But then analysis paralysis comes in. And I think listening to people like yourself who've gone through these processes and how you thought about it helps, you know, I like to say, helps those of us who are interested in this steal something. We're not going to copy what you did, but maybe we can steal something from you and then turn it in, as you said, make it part of our own experience. I love the way you thought about it. And I think it's something, you know, with my last business that I was able to sell, but I sold on the way down, made my deals. <laughs> you know, it's like that thought process would have been very helpful. So thank you for sharing that. And it was a good answer in that. All right. I will talk with you very soon, Matea. Can't wait. That was a very enjoyable conversation for me. I hope everyone else was able to take away how warm and intelligent and well thought out Matteo's you know, responses and the way he goes about reaching out to people and engaging with people is because I've been watching his Twitter. <laughs> I've been engaging with him on Twitter. Um, and I love his writing there and getting a chance to talk with him just how much deeper. I knew he was a deep thinker just from what he's been tweeting and then some of his long form writing, but just that depth and how he's been working to craft it in sort of this opportunity to help other people grow, I think is something I loved so many points and I, you know, and really where to take it his ability when he was looking at you know his family's business and coming in and that transformation point really came out of one of the most difficult things i've found from running a business which is sort of how to kind of take the needs how to transition the needs of the company of the employee to the needs of the employee from the company right sounds dopey saying it I'm probably saying it to it, but like transforming it to your employees, to your partners, to your stakeholders opportunity, how to kind of reframe it. So it's not just you need to do X and I pay you Y it is, Oh, we do this and you become this person. And yes, there's compensation and there's reward and all this, but you become this better person who kind of grows and has this better life out there. I found so fascinating and just how, yes, he did kind of go in, you know, to this like, oh, we need to fix things and looked at it, but coming in and looking at that, oh, this is going to transition thing. And yes, probably didn't think it was going to be the biggest thing at first, but the work they put in and then working with the coach and how they chose the coach because how he chose the coach because of the it's great resonance master according words to the left right and center it's a special day but that struck home for me because i've been in those things and i felt like i've struggled with those same choices and i know talking with a lot of other entrepreneurs in these transition points it is very difficult i think this is why we talk about mission-driven companies I think sometimes I jokingly say that they're this, you know, the secret unlock code. You know, if you want the cheat codes of how to run a business, become a mission driven because it's harder. It's harder to do because that work to create an employee led company, employee first company, to create a company that generates opportunity rather than making a dollar and cents transaction is harder work, but more focused. So much in life, you're always like, do the hard thing. That's a, it's like, well, what? it's all hard. What Matteo was sharing and what he went through, I think, is one of the most clearest descriptions for me of why pushing into a mission-driven direction for your company is so important. And for him, it wasn't setting out. It was just what worked and what really showed the opportunity for this because, you know, as he kind of brought back all the way to the end, 
to him, he doesn't have personal. It is his success is what's going to be there for his daughters, what's going to be there for his family, what's going to be you know, his family business, what's going to be there with his wife. You know, all those things that kind of came in, it worked and it, it matched who he is as a person. We've had this conversation with other entrepreneurs and I'm really, really just going to keep hitting on this because I'm finding this and I find it so difficult to do this transition myself. But that work pays out so much in future opportunity by focusing on other people, his opportunity is growing. And whenever I say that, it just reminds me of, you know, on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I think it's the third book of the five book trilogy. Yes. Um, you know, the way to fly is to basically throw yourself at the ground and miss. Yeah, it sounds when people say, well, yeah, the way, you know, I'm growing a company is by focusing on other people, not on the success of the company. The reality is that does work. It's hard. It's not straightforward. And it has to be true to who you are and what you're trying to do. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to work for other people. You have to make it work. But once you do and you continue to push into it, Mateo, and other guests we've had on the show really show that value. So go check out his reading. We're going to have his Twitter down below. We're going to have his website, uh, his companies, and his LinkedIn. But his Twitter alone is great. Go just check him out, engage with him, follow along with him as he goes on this journey to really help other people grow. And as he becomes even a better people garden. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. This was so much fun today for me. I can't wait to have another great episode. Please come back. And if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review. And if you're not, leave us a review and let us know how we can improve it. And it really helps. Anything you give us really does help us here. Sign up for the newsletter on beyondeightfigures.com um, so you can learn when we have new guests, new shows, new things coming up. We'll keep you all abreast of everything going on. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Goodbye. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.